That's a horrible idea. Horrible. Hey, podcast listener, even if you are alone in your entrepreneurial pursuit, know that today, right now in your earbuds, you are joined by thousands of entrepreneurs all around the globe seeking to do the same thing you are. If you want to know more about this program or this podcast or want to get barraged by a lot of annoying pop-ups, check out our website, lifestylebusinesspodcast.com. Yeah, buddy, it's episode 142 of the Lifestyle Business Podcast. This is the podcast where we believe building a business is the best way to create more personal freedom and opportunity in your lives and the lives of those around you. Those around me is my captain, my co-host, a man who recently auditioned for the lead role in Good Bill Hunting. Good to see you, man. They can't <laughs> hold us down, can they? Back in the same room. Happy Valentine's Day. If you guys stick around to the end of the episode, we'll teach you how to scientifically decide if it's the right time for you to hire. This is a direct response episode to a lot of questions we received via email after H is for hire episode. There's a lot more to talk about on the topics. So we're going to jam out some of that. Plus, we're going to share with you some advanced level inbox strategies. Ian, we're in the same room here in Bali. You're back from Japan. What's the story? Uh, Japan is awesome, buddy. I, I can't wait to uh, bring you there and show you everything that I learned. I got a couple pictures from you of, of fancy road cars. That was kind of... Uh, yeah. There's a lot of fanciness going on in Japan. Um, it's this weird mix, man. It's this, uh, it's this super weird mix. It's uh, probably my favorite Asian city in the world. Uh, and Tokyo, we're talking about. Tokyo. You didn't, you didn't yep. really get out of Tokyo. A- Asian city in the world. Asian city. <laughs> yes. Yeah, speaking of uh, a dominant cultural scenes, I spent a, a week in Davao hanging out with the uh, ASF guys. Actually, was on the last episode of AdSense Flippers podcast talking about the concept of the resistance and how to overcome that creative tension. So do check out episode 37 of the AdSense Flippers podcast. Love seeing Joe, Justin, Damien, all the cool guys down in Davao City. So that was Absolutely. great. Also, uh, me and you were working on some of those Europe plans. By the end of the week, we are going to be booking uh, tickets. So our itinerary looks like uh, about the 4th of April, we're going to be heading into Paris. Then we're going to be on to Rome and then on to Berlin. Correct. And Berlin is where we're going to have our DC meetup. That's the... Uh this is a, I don't know if this is going to become a tradition. It's going to, we're going to see. I know for sure that we're going to be doing the Bangkok every year, but we kind of Bangkok, threw in. October 19th. Mark your calendars. It's going to be roll out the red carpets, put the marching bands on. But this Berlin meetup is going to be fantastic too. I think we've sold 55 tickets ballpark. So I think there's like 15 or 20 tickets left. If you want one of those tickets, email me this week, Dan at Lifestyle Business Podcast. All right, we've got some iTunes reviews. Please put the effects on for. Uh, da bomb diggity five stars. I've been listening to the LBP for over a year now, and Ian from Alexandria, Virginia says these guys know what they're talking about. Oh, that's weird. I was born in Alexandria, Virginia. <laughs> I was like, I, when I first read that, I was like, is is Ian? It's a little late in the game for you to be self reviewing. It is. I mean, you haven't self reviewed earlier. Come on. <laughs> I did. I think I was one of the first ones, and I did it under a fake name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Trevor writes the best of the best five stars. Dan and Ian are absolutely brilliant i'm instantly hooked on their witty personalities and their hard-hitting action-packed content thanks trevor on to the shouts ian got an email from tristan at shopifyninjas.com doing quite well with that business as i hear through the grapevine also a member of the dc tristan says hey i loved number 140 about location independence following on ian's note that it's not always about travel i thought it might be interesting to share another angle my wife is colombian and we hadn't spent and hadn't spent a Christmas with her family in over five years because we live in Australia. 
As I was able to take my business, Shopify Ninjas on the Road, we spent three months in South America and we spent a Christmas with her family. So not only did Tristan get that travel experience of you know having a foreign Christmas and New Year's, but got his wife back reunited with the family. I mean, that's the kind of magic that location independence can uh, deliver to your life. So thanks for what you guys are doing and for the inspiring thoughts on this and eagerly awaiting the book release. Thanks, Tristan. Yeah, Tristan, I can't remember what I said 15 minutes ago, so it'd be hard for me to remember what I said back in that podcast. <laughs> but yeah, I agree with that. I think uh, I think that's what we're, we're banging on about here, which is uh, working from your laptop anywhere in the world. And if you want to do that in Charlotte, North Carolina, that's cool as long as that's your choice. Josh Plotkin, who's been sending us a lot of fantastic emails, also a DC here, from BrazilianGringo.com says, my cat Maru is a big fan of the LBP, and he even sent us a picture for the LBP listeners section, which is my favorite part of our website. I snuck up on him and captured this picture while he was listening to episode 141, and he was unenthusiastic. Oh, <laughs> uh, Maru apparently was offended that you were unenthusiastic about your comments about cats being unenthusiastic in Japan. Well, here's the deal. I went to, I'd call it like a, a cat petting cafe and these poor cats they were petted so much i mean you, you know how entitled most cats are anyways and how they kind of get this uh attitude about them yeah multiply that times 10 that's what these cats were i mean they're just so tired of getting petted josh thanks for listening to the podcast and being a great supporter man and i appreciate you brainwashing your cat as well we are not speciesists here if there are <laughs> other species who would enjoy the lbp in a life of personal freedom I'm certain that your cat probably wants freedom from you, Josh. Let's just be honest. While we're the hard-hitting honesty of this podcast, I've never met a cat who wanted an owner. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Josh. Let's get moving on to the meat and potatoes or the nasi and satay because we're back in Bali. Oh, yeah. And um, Alan wrote us an email today that I think can inspire this one. We're going to call it the golden triangle of podcasting. So the whole idea here is, I mean, we talked about H's for Hire last episode, and we're very passionate about hiring people. And there's a lot of open questions, not only about you know cash flow concerns, but about maybe you should run an internship, maybe you shouldn't, give us some more information, we've got it for you. So let me just go over Alan's email, and then we can start on our hiring golden triangle, which is the three steps to hiring. And then we're also gonna talk about the pros and cons of interns. Love it. Because uh, we've had a couple interns. All right, so Alan from Black Media Group writes, Dan and Ian, as usual, thanks so much for the great podcast. In regards to LBP 140 and TMBA 25, we will link C. Um, you guys have been talking about new hires, VAs, interns, and professionals. I'm trying to launch Black Lab Media Group and also a few niche sites, which we'll link to. Right now, my income is minimal, but I feel if I bring someone on, it will make me more accountable and help slingshot me into making more money and growing my business. Okay, hold on a second. <laughs> I want to break this down. Okay, because okay, there's, so, there's more text here. You want me to... Yeah, we've got about two more paragraphs, but I want okay. to stop right here and uh, talk about um, what... Uh, Accountable and help slingshot me into making exactly. more money and grow my business. Okay, I, exactly. I saw the little red flag too. Okay, so yeah, you can't hire for accountability. If you need an accountability partner, come join us in the DC. There's plenty of people in there that will uh, be willing to provide you with that. Yeah. Um, or, you know, you don't have to come to the DC. I'm sure there's somebody else that can do that for you too. But... It can't be you want to hire somebody, you want to pay somebody to sit next to you to make sure that you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. That doesn't work. Right. So, you, like, it is serious. Like, stuff gets real when you hire people, but that can't be the only reason stuff was real. You know what I mean? Like, you can't use that as a crutch 
to get yourself. I mean, it's just dangerous territory. You're, you're talking about people's lives here. So that's just one thing. And the other thing is that it's not a very effective strategy for making your business successful is having people working for cash flows that you have not yet identified. So we'll get to that. I wanted to know your thoughts about hiring an intern. Okay. The difference between hiring an intern and a VA and a professional uh, and what you would change about your internship strategy and what you would keep the same. And this is very timely for us because we're changing a lot of the things we think about interns. So we'll talk about the pros and cons. Um, I thought that with my Black Lab Media Group, I could eventually outsource all the professional work and then I could just work on getting clients. What are your thoughts on outsourcing uh, this type of work? Um, how, In short, how do interns compare to professionals and VA? And if I wanted to start an internship, how would I rock this thing? All right, this is a big one, huh? Uh, I think we can break it down here. So the, uh, first off, I want to talk about the three-part golden hiring triangle. There's three elements to this. And then we're going to get onto the pros and cons of the whole internship thing and all the lessons that we've learned over the years of doing this. Okay, so it sounds like Alan is at a spot that everybody um, that starts a business that eventually has employees gets themselves into. You're a single founder, you're a single operator, and you're trying to figure out how to scale your business. You're trying to figure out how to bring people into your business. That's right. So I want to use this metaphor that we were talking about in the DC. It's called business is software and guys like Rob Hanley and, and Dylan Hassinger were talking about this. We were talking about this. I don't know if you heard this, uh, the tropical talk radio called the rule of six, but it's this idea that what you're doing as an entrepreneur is you're basically writing these execution files. So we use the metaphor of software here, uh, to illuminate the golden triangle. And the first step of the golden triangle is do the action first. So if you don't know what the outcome is, and if you're not used to getting to that outcome, it's difficult to write a computer program that helps other operating systems have that outcome. So if you're not somebody who can multiply three times four to get seven or to get profit from your customers, you're not going to be able to write an executable file for how someone else should do that. So what you're saying here is that Alan basically has to do the work first, and then he has to write a standard operating procedure for how to do the work, and then at that time, it makes sense to hire somebody. The only exception to this is to hire service providers who have a demonstrated track record doing processes. That's the advantage of hiring consultants, is, is, is you, you find somebody who does social media management or whatever, you see their track record specifically, and you hire that OS, and you right. bolt it onto your business. Now, that's a bolt-on. And that's not going to be as efficient as if you were to do it yourself, but it could get you moving faster. So that's an acceptable alternative. Right. So like, let's take, for example, our portable bar company, right? So we don't have very much experience in portable bar company. Therefore, our learning curve is pretty steep and it's going to take us much longer time period than it would somebody else that's already built that kind of business before. Sure. But what we could do is we could hire a, a hired gun, per se, that's been in the industry before, understands how it works bolt them into our business. And then that, that's one example of not having to actually write the standard operating procedure. And uh, you know, when you do hire somebody in a bolt-on like that, one of the biggest mistakes people make is they don't look at the executable file. So they don't really dig into precisely what are they going to be doing because that's what you're buying. You're buying that process, even if it's implicit and not explicit. What we're talking about is make it explicit. Okay, do the action first. Number two, SOD the crap out of it, okay? So that's step by step. If you can't write it down, somebody else can't do it. Because the metaphor here is that your hires, your interns or your professionals, whatever you decide on, we're gonna talk about how to decide on that later, is they're going to be using their little OSs 
and they're going to be plugging in themselves in and you're going to be running your executable file on their OSs. Right. Now, if you don't give them an executable file, you know which one they're going to run? None or their own. That's, that's, <laughs> either what, one's going to be bad. Either one is going to be bad. So if you don't have the executable file, understand that they are going to run that blank Windows 8 install and you're going to have a lot of driver issues. That's <laughs> the bottom line. Okay, number three, you have to put this into a spreadsheet and identify the cost basis for it. That's very important. How much does it cost for you to run the executable file? Because these things aren't like software, unfortunately, in the sense that you can just plug it in and, and pay for electricity. There's actually gonna be real manual costs to executing your executable files in your business until, I mean, eventually, these business is software metaphor, eventually these processes probably will be software. Right. right, but this is the rudiments. We're like in the middle ages of managing people right now. Right. So, so you actually have to write this stuff down, SOD the crap out of it, and then put it in a spreadsheet. And I recommend subtracting twenty five percent of the productivity of whatever your key KPIs are, whatever your key progress indicators are. So, if you're able to go out there and make eight, you know, sales calls a day, assume that your hired person is going to be able to do six. Yeah, this is a kind of a ballpark. Yeah, especially if they don't have any experience or anything like that. It's going to take them a long time. I mean, some of our employees, it's taken them years to get to the level where we were operating. That's the golden triangle. Do the action first, SOD the crap out of it, and then develop a cost basis for executing that. And to, in order to do that, you're going to have to understand precisely the KPIs that those people are trying to bring about. And think about that, that's, that metaphor of business as software that you are organizing the gray matter of the universe. That's your job as an entrepreneur. You're writing the treasure map so that others can find the treasure. The cool thing here- I, I just came up with that off the top of my head. That's good. <laughs> 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 the, the cool thing in the, good, in the good spot that Alan's in is that he's gotten himself, it sounds like he's gotten himself to a point where he can actually hire somebody. Now he's just trying to figure out, well, how the heck do I do that? So you've done a lot of the hard work, Alan. You've like gotten yourself to a point where your business has grown to the point where you feel like you can bring somebody on. That's, yeah. that's awesome. Okay, so there's, a, there's an open question here, which is, should I use interns, okay? Or- should I not use interns? Because now people are looking at us and saying, oh, we use all these interns in, in clever ways. Let's talk about the situations under which you would and under which you wouldn't. Okay, so the pros of interns. One is obviously that they're less cash intensive, but this could be a hidden con. Okay, so let's just leave that one on the table, right? Because I think it's gonna come out in the con section. Obviously, it's kind of a get what you pay for kind of thing. So if someone's less cash, cash intensive, you're making a trade-off, okay? Um, I would say that interns are great for maintenance and non-growth situations. So my friend Sean from badlads.com and resortrebel.com uses unpaid interns to help manage his hotel. Now, that's a clear as day business. It's obvious what that person is doing. Of course, they're implementing some small innovations, but it's very small. And most importantly, from a financial point of view, it's a non-growth situation. I think it's very tricky to put unpaid, unskilled people into a situation that you expect to evolve rapidly. Agree. Okay, so here's a way you could deal with this. I think that unpaid internships or very low paid slave labor internships are decent for people on your team. So non-entrepreneurial people that are working for you that need assistance in getting stuff done. Let me give you an example. We did this a couple years ago. So we have a design team 
uh, in San Diego that works on our physical products. And at the time we had one designer and we thought it would be a good idea over the summer to hire an intern designer. Um, because you know our designer was maxed out yes. and there was a lot of opportunities for us, but we just didn't have enough uh, resources. But when I say opportunities, I mean we thought about some good ideas that we wanted to execute on them. And uh, I didn't feel 100% confident in hiring somebody you know, paying them $35,000 a year to execute on those. There's a lot of experimental things. And so that's why I think an intern in that case uh, was a really good idea because we got the opportunity to experiment um, and we didn't have to use the guy that we're paying a full-time salary to. Okay, rule of thumb then, don't spend entrepreneurial energy on interns. I'm not saying don't utilize interns in your business. In the case of Sean's hotel, you've got a, a, like a basic turnover situation that's pretty well accounted for. If you want to do a basic trade of time for money or whatever in that situation, fine. Plug somebody in because you don't want to reduce your income on a stable business in order just to have somebody there, given that you have some other benefit that you can share with them. Like in Sean's case, he's giving away um, a room and food in, in, and also some time. So that's, that's okay for him. That's, that's a really important point to point out here which is uh, Sean has something very valuable or he has something that the intern wants. And I yeah. think you always have to consider what does the intern want in your situation? In a classic situation, they want a resume line item, right? Correct. So you've got like a brand that you can give them. Part of the problem for me is a lot of people offer me free work, but they want my time. And I'm in a situation right now where I can't give my time to people that I'm not paying because they're not ready for a high growth situation. Right. And so the best situation for us a lot of times is if they really want the experience and they don't expect like a full-time job out of it too. Because I think that's one of the crazy things that happens too with internships is even if at the beginning, in my experience, if you explicitly say this isn't turning into a job, there's always this hope that it's going to turn into a job. And actually with us, one time it did actually turn into a job, but most of the time it doesn't. Right. So the idea here is that you I probably, in your situation, Alan, if you are going to hire an intern as your first hire, it's probably a bad idea because your first hire is a very high growth, high evolving situation. You know, at, at minimum, if you want to really bootstrap the thing, intern to hire. And anybody who wants to come and seep off your entrepreneurial energy and that, because what does a small entrepreneurial startup have to offer to somebody? Well, you don't have the line item. So ostensibly you're teaching them how to start a business. Well, you don't want them to be employee number one and then to run off and start their own business. You want them to eventually manage the, the high growth situation that you're creating. Our first employee went on to more, more than double his salary within just a few short years. And it, was, it wasn't bad to begin with. So I think that's the situation that you're looking for for your first hire. So let's get on here. We've already started to talk about the cons. Let's just call this the cons section. Okay, so uh, <laughs> a place where you would fit in well. <laughs> All right, uh, this is a hat chip to James Shramko. I mean, one of the when I talked to James on the phone for the first time, I mentioned to him the intern thing and... He kind of said he kind of slapped me around for a little bit, saying, "Enough with the intern thing." I mean, if you're really serious about your business, and we call it interns now, but now when we, we, we say it's an internship, but what we mean is it's a long-term position, right? One in which you'll learn a lot. But the idea is that you don't want to waste your intellectual uh, capital. Uh, training people whose primary intention is to take that and go somewhere else. So this is a this is a, another really good point, which is it takes so much energy to train people. If you've ever trained anybody, you know it just takes hours and hours and hours. And, and the trade-off can be great if they actually move on and do whatever process you were doing and you don't have to do it anymore, then it worked. Yes. But it takes a long time to do that. And so with the 
with the internship, the problem is that you take all that time and energy, you train somebody to do it, and then they leave you. Yeah, so you want to get them, you know, you want them to stick around long enough to the point where they're building processes, they're they're building the treasure maps for you, the executable files, so that those things exist in your business and can be independent of anybody who's working in it. Um, but again, this takes time. And if the expressed intention of the arrangement is that they're going to learn from you, do some stuff for you in return, and then just take off, that's not good enough for your important business. Now, if you have a person who doesn't move as fast as you, for, who works for you, they're not entrepreneurial, they're not ordering the gray universe and drawing treasure maps, say they're designing products all day long right. and they need some extra bandwidth, an internship is a fantastic situation for them. They get to learn from a designer, they get the line item that they want, and you're not spending your sweet, sweet glucose on this situation where they're gonna take it and turn it over into their own thing. Correct. Okay. So I think the whole idea with internships is if you're very serious about your entrepreneurial energy, which I believe that you should be, you shouldn't be using your very first few hires to get here. I think it should be internship to hire. You have to have, you know, and it also, if you want to talk about a little bit of motivation, I talked about this in the ASF podcast yesterday, you have to eat your own BS. If you say to people, we're going to double the business, blah, 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 all this kind of stuff that me and you entrepreneurial types are apt to say. Right. Well, it's like, well, okay, commit to hiring them then. Because if you're right, you're going to have plenty of money to bring them on in an official capacity. So make sure that you can look this person in the eye and say, okay, well, I'm going to lowball you for six months, but I'm willing to sign some reasonable checks. So maybe you could do a little bit of 401k action here in six months. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. And it's not just going to be this thing where you're, you're running around eating off of fruit stands on the side of the street. Yeah, so you got to have some brass balls about this. I think, uh, you know, you can't be limp-wristed. And a lot of times, uh, a limp-wristed move is to hire an intern, especially for your first hire. All right, let's get moving on to just the tips. A few things I'd like to point you out. Check out gapingvoid.com. Authenticity is the new BS. Speaking of BS, very appropriate topic for yeah, this podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Two of us in a room, huh? Talks about using blogs as hammers. Basically, tools to, to chisel out ideas with an audience. But then, of course, you need to build the house. You need to build some place where people can stay. Hat tip to my buddy Damian Thompson at linchpin.net for pointing out Buffer App. Okay, Buffer App, I was initially turned off to, but now I love it because it solves a huge problem. Initially, Buffer App was something to install on your blog to give people an opportunity to delay the tweeting of your article. I thought... That's nice, but I don't really want to have this gamesmanship feature on my website. I'll pass on Buffer App. My tweets are my own. That's correct. Now, uh, Damien exposed me this whole new level of functionality, which is basically Buffer allows you to make a queue of all the articles that you would like to share with people on Twitter and Facebook. And then it has you set a schedule that would be the ideal schedule for you. So, so for me, it's like, you know, maybe five times a day I'd like to tweet and two times a day I'd like to Facebook. So now say I only read for two hours a day on the internet. Now, instead of sharing 10 articles all at once, I just fill out my buffer queue. And this is all tied up with your analytics. So buffer then starts to leak out your tweets based on your schedule. You can go back, look at your analytics and tweak your schedule. So if you want to double tap at 8 a.m. when everybody's clicking on your tweets, you can do that. But this is cool because every single article that I'm like, ooh, that's the bomb. I don't have to do this whole calculation anymore where it's like, oh man, I just tweeted though. 
Because I was a 100% manual tweeter. Right, and then everybody knows you're reading TMZ at 2 o'clock in the morning. Exactly. Which is out that article about Jessica Simpson. The social capital loss is incredible. I mean, yeah. So anyway, I, I love this idea of Buffer App, which is just when you see a great article, you don't want to overwhelm your social media profiles, but you want to leak those things out so people can see them. And uh, it's fantastic. Check it out. BufferApp.com. Alrighty, and I know you like the tribe. I had many, many nights as a high schooler listening to Tribe Called Quest cruising around. Any, any, you know, you listen to any, dif- you, I know what you used to do. You used to wear a beanie when it was getting cold in the fall and still roll down your windows so you could roll. <laughs> you used to do that. I know you Maybe. used to. <laughs> All right, they're talking about the business and we're talking about the business and Tramco's talking about the business. And what is Rihanna talking about? Binet. <laughs> we'll see you guys next Thursday morning. Booyah. Hey everybody, thanks for listening. Don't be shy. We've got a mailing list, lifestylebusinesspodcast.com. Go there, get yourself signed up, and we'll keep you up to date on everything we do. Only if you're on stage, but if you speak it to your people, ain't no one you equal, especially on the industry side. Don't let the games just glide right through your fingers. You gotta know the deal, so Lord Jamal speak, because you're in the... Yeah, buddy.